Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, I have really enjoyed my conversations over the years with Michael Franzese. Michael Franzese is, in my view, a, a real profile in in courage. He is someone that uh, has uh, led a, a really rough life uh, and has been through a lot, much of it because of his own mistakes. He was a former captain in the Colombo crime family, went to prison, the son of a legendary gangster in the New York area. And uh, since then, over the course of the last 30 years or so, he's turned his life around, become a motivational speaker, an award-winning uh, a podcast host, and uh, a born-again Christian, I believe, and the author of many books. His latest happens to be Mafia Democracy, How Our Republic Became a Mob Racket. Michael, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Uh, it's good to be back, Frank. Thank you. So, Michael, I can't wait to read your uh, new book. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, a lot of people, I, I don't want to get into your whole history and your 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 tr- transition from being a mobster to being a successful author and filmmaker. Now, if people want to hear that, they can hear the interview that I did with you for an hour on The Racket Report. Uh, just search The Racket Report on any, uh, any podcast app and they could hear our full discussion. But it may strike some people who have not heard our uh, previous conversations as odd uh, that the person that wrote the forward to your book is my colleague Rudy Giuliani. Now, how does a former U.S. attorney, a guy who both as a prosecutor and as a mayor, really went to war with the mob, how does he end up writing the forward for a book for a former Colombo crime family captain? Well, Frank, that's a good question, and it's even more than that. I don't know if you know that, but uh, Rudy put me on trial for several months. I was a lead defendant in a major racketeering case back in 1984. I was actually the first major mob guy he indicted under the RICO statute. And when I got my arraignment, uh, he, he gave me a million-dollar bail. In the courtroom, he actually came up to my lawyer and said, if I convict Francis on this case, he's going to get double what his father got. My father got 50 years. He was going to give me 100 years. And that's the kind of time, as you know, they were giving mob guys back then. So mm. fortunately, I was acquitted in that case. Some of my co-defendants were convicted. They got 30 years and up. So he would have given me at least 50. So that was my last uh, impression of Rudy Giuliani. You know, he was my arch enemy. Cut to about, I would say, a year ago, uh, another radio host friend of mine, Joe Pagliarulo, who, who also knows uh, Rudy well, had us both on. And we were both on together, the first time I had spoken to him in 30 years. And I was shocked to say to hear that he has been following me, watching my, you know, my movements for the past 30 years and said, you know, he believed that my uh, transformation was genuine and he actually supported it. 
uh, I was kind of shocked, um, quite honestly. And then um, when the book came out, he was asked by my publisher to write the forward, and he wrote a forward that just kind of blew me away. So, you know, from arch enemies, we become friends, and That's it just terrific. shows you how things go in life. I love it's that. amazing. I absolutely love it. Now, um, a lot of the theme of your book seems to harken back to the uh, the philosopher, the uh, middle, you know, the, the 15th century Italian scholar of government and politics, Machiavelli. Uh, why do you keep harkening back to a lot of the themes that Machiavelli writes about in The Prince in your own book, Mafia Democracy? Well, because, you know, I, I, I spent 20 years under that ideology, the Machiavellian ideology on the street. Uh, that's the ideology that we adopted. And when I went to prison, it's almost required reading that you read the, the prince. So I was very impacted by that. It certainly was the way of the street in many ways. And I see it playing out to the T in our government today. And it's scary and it's very bothersome to me. And that's why I wrote the book. And I point all of these things out. And, you know, this is not a fluff piece. I did research. This isn't something just to, to write a book. And the reason I wrote the book, I want to make people aware of what's going on in government. And quite honestly, Frank, I have kids and grandchildren, and I just don't like the way this country is being managed anymore. It's scary. It's frightening to me. It's very mob-like. And we got to do something about it. How do we do it? You know, number one. Uh, we become aware of it. Number two, we hold our public officials accountable. So and, um, l- let's talk about what some of the similarities are between our current government and the political system as it exists now and the mafia government that you experienced when you were like on the street. Some people might be listening to this, even people that are super conservative or people that are super cynical New Yorkers and saying, all right, well, the government's bad, but uh, the mob, they they kill people. They advance through treachery. Uh, they don't have to worry about elections, at least in a democratic republic, people get the opportunity to to vote. Is that a flawed view? You know, I think it is, and it's becoming more and more apparent. You know, I, I don't want to get off on this, but, you know, today, just today, there was a tr- big article, and I'm hearing so much of this on a daily basis, that um, border, not Border Patrol agents, agents, I think the FBI in San Bernardino County, Uh, confiscated fentanyl pills that were made to look like candy. And it's coming across the southern border. And this is coming out every single day, Frank, every single day. It's proven it's coming over the southern border. How do I know this? I spoke to 850 Border Patrol agents from the state of Texas. They told me they're not even getting 10 percent of the drugs that are coming over through the southern border. How could you allow something like this to happen when kids, 300 kids are dying every single day? Can I tell you something, Frank? Mob guys wouldn't allow that. We would not do that. We protected our communities as bad as guys were. And I'm not glorifying the life. I'm not saying it's right to be a criminal. They absolutely were. But we didn't kill kids. And this is happening. Now, why is it happening? Why are they not securing the southern border? This is the biggest epidemic we have going on in our country right now. And I think you can hear it in my voice because somebody close to me suffered, you know, the same consequence as a result of this fentanyl. And they know it's happening. But let me answer your question. You know, I can sum it all up like this. Machiavelli's ideology was this. This is the guidance or the, the, what he gave the prince to maintain control of his kingdom. He told the prince this. You can lie, you can steal, you can cheat, you can even kill to maintain control of your kingdom. 
but to the outside world, you must always appear to be honest, upright, and have integrity. He also said that the, the promise made was a, an obligation of the past. The promise broken is a necessity of the future. I'm sorry. The promise broken is the necessity of the present. And this is our government. They lie. They steal. They cheat on a daily basis. And all we say is, well, that's politics. That's not politics. That's lying, stealing and cheating. And they're doing it to the American people. And it's happening. And I'm just pointing it out. And I give facts in the book, Frank facts no. and nobody can dispute it and i i, I gotta just tell you this yeah <laughs> i'll let you talk no, 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 hey. you, you know what it is i'm i'm so pleased because the reviews i'm getting on the book the comments from people are saying michael we finally get it you explained it you showed us and i said look I don't want a revolution in this country, but you got to go to the polls and hold these people accountable. When they lie to you once, twice, three times, that's it. They're gone. Well, so, so this is politics. Well, it, isn't that sort of a fundamental difference between the way our politics work and the way the politics of the street might work? For instance, if my congressman, my state senator, my U.S. senator keeps lying, I can go to the polls and vote them out. But if I am uh, living in a neighborhood that's uh, under the protection of, um, you know, a mafia captain, and uh, he basically, if you, if I have a store and don't pay his crew protection money or they're going to vandalize my store or worse, I don't really have a recourse to vote for the other guy. Isn't that a key difference between um, our democracy and the democracy of the mob? Well, let, let me let me tell you this. Guys on the street don't pretend to be anything but what they are. Mm-hmm. They're guys on the street. They go to the store owner and they say, listen, pay us or you're going to have a problem. And that doesn't happen every day. I mean, that, that, that happened, you know, 70 years ago. That's not the mob today. I never went to a store owner and said, you got to pay me protection money. You know, it doesn't happen as much as people think it is. It's just, it's so ingrained in people's heads from things that happened in the 40s, 50s, sure. 60s. We didn't do that in our neighborhoods. But the difference is we didn't pretend to be, you know, champions for the people. You didn't elect us under some false pretense. We were who we were. If you got involved with us willingly and then you suffered consequences, well, that was your, I'm not saying it's right, but you knew. We didn't make believe we were anything but we were. These people in government make believe that they're honest and upright and have integrity. And listen, the facts show how do these people go into office as blue-collar people and come out multimillionaires? It's a great point. And if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Michael Franzese, He's talking about his new book, Mafia Democracy, How Our Republic Became a Mob Racket. He makes a very convincing case that in some respects, uh, the kind of people that you've heard about as organized criminals over the last 40, 50 years, they are, in at least a key fundamental respect, much more honest about what they're doing than a lot of the politicians that run around in Washington or the state capitals. Michael, it seems a lot of the theme of your book has to do with, as you just said, politicians enriching themselves. Uh, Tell me why that's so problematic if we want a vibrant, functional, um, multi-partisan democracy. You know, lobby lobbyists today are nothing more than bri- it's nothing more than bribery. That's all it is, and it's legal. You know, and, and look, 
I want to make this clear, too. This book is bipartisan. I go right down the middle. I talk about Republicans, Democrats. I point out, you know, things that they've done in the past that is shady. And if you and I did it, Frank, we'd be in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. their insider trading schemes that they have all the time is legal for them. We go to jail. You know, and I point out someone like Nancy Pelosi, who's made herself and her husband rich beyond anybody's imagination because of all the insider trading deals that she's done that you and I would go to jail for. It's not a coincidence now that she's stalling a bill in Congress that wants to hold them accountable and not allow them to do insider trading. They won't, she won't even take it to a vote because she's made hundreds of millions of dollars. That's not what they're supposed to do in Congress. They go in there on a salary. We put them in there. They're not supposed to come out, you know, as multimillionaires because they can, you know, they can move things the way they want to move them to benefit themselves. And these are facts, uh, Frank. These are not. So, so you know why? These people do not want to get out of office. It's all about power and control and the perks that they get and what that office gives to them. You know, look, I, I spoke to, uh, you know, the Senate staff on 9-11 a couple of years back. And if you see the perks that these people have, Frank, come on. That's not the way this democracy was set up. That's not the way our republic was set up. And it's what they're doing, taking advantage of the American public. It's a shame. And people just got to realize it and hold them accountable. Now, absolutely. Go ahead. I always say this. You got a friend, a neighbor, a a wife, a husband, a partner. They lie to you once. Okay. You know, the second time starts to get a little bit more intense. Third or fourth time, that's it. You're not going to tolerate that. Why do we tolerate it from our politicians when we're the ones, the people are the ones that suffer for it? Uh, That's for sure. The book is Mafia Democracy. And it's funny, I would talk to a lot of my friends that are uh, progressive or liberal or just left of center or just folks that don't like Donald Trump, and they would pull their hair out. How could anyone vote for Donald Trump? How could we do this? This is just the worst thing possible. And the same thing, a lot of my friends that are conservative that would react in a similar manner to Barack Obama. And I would say to both of them, the problem is not Barack Obama or Donald Trump. The problem is the kind of system that would drive people to choose folks like this. Uh, And that really is one of the, I think, the most important aspects of your book is that it's more than just the personalities involved, whether it's lobbying or whether it's uh, the permission, you know, with the legal ability of politicians to do insider trading, the system itself is horribly corrupted. And that's where I, I guess this leads me to my most important question. What do we do about it beyond just the the idea of holding politicians accountable if they lie to us, if they don't do the right thing? What sort of fundamental reforms would you like to see in the political system to make our government less of a racket? Well, listen, I mentioned after every chapter, I I go through what I believe we can do to try to hold them accountable and try to make some changes. Uh, And of course, that takes really the will of the people to force these things through. And I can't, you know, we have a number of chapters in the book, and I just encourage people to read it uh, because I do give response. I do give answers. You know, it's not only pointing out the problem, but it's also trying to name some solutions that would work. But the main thing, again, you know, the bottom line on this, Frank, is holding politicians accountable. We can't allow them. You know, to me, it's reached the point with me. I'm 71 years old. It reached the point where I can't even watch them anymore because they don't even care about how they lie and get caught the next day. They're doing it 
on camera all the time. There was a point in time, you know, throughout my lifetime where politicians at least had some shame. Yeah, they had some shame. They have none anymore. I can't even believe some of the things that come out of their mouths, just how blatantly dishonest they are in front of the world. They don't even care anymore. And that's a terrible thing. You know, this whole soft on crime thing. I sit here today and I, I cannot for the life of me understand it. Are these people that desperate that they want to let criminals out of jail? Look, you know, look, I did eight years in prison. I spent 20 years on the street. I was a criminal, no doubt about it. Do you think if law enforcement would have came up to me and said, listen, you know, Michael, don't worry about it. We're going to we're going to ease the racketeering laws. You won't get bail if you get in trouble. And, uh, you know, the penalties are going to be a lot less severe. Don't worry about it. Do you think I would have said, wow, you're being so nice to me. I think I'll go straight. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. What are they it's crazy. What are they thinking? It's crazy. And, and the and book is, uh, people want to check it out, Mafia Democracy, How Our Republic Became a Mob Racket. It's available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. By the way, uh, Michael, it, we're going to be talking about Atlantic City in a couple hours. Michael is actually going to be in Atlantic City. You can actually see him at resorts. I'm going to be there Saturday, November 19th at 8 p.m. at the Superstar Theater. We're going to tell you in a minute or two how you can win a, a couple of tickets to that. To that, But, Michael, if people are uh, wondering what's in store for them at a live show that you're putting on, what will they see if they come to resorts on uh, November 19th? Well, they're certainly going to hear my story. But beyond that, you know, I just did a a video on my YouTube about, you know, five myths of the mafia. There's so many misconceptions about my former life that people are just unaware of. You know, this article was written by somebody who was allegedly a mob expert. I'm not going to mention his name. And he, he mentioned five myths of the mafia. Every one of them were wrong. Every single one of them. And I pointed it out on my channel. But they're going to, first of all, we'll do a Q&A at the end of it. They can ask me anything they want about any subject in that life or even personally. You know, Frank, one of the rewarding things after I do any one of these shows and we open it up for a Q&A, I would say 70 to 80 percent of the questions are about my new life. How did that happen? How mm-hmm. did you transform? How did you forgive yourself? How did your kids react? How did your wife and you, yourself get through it? People are interested in and people's ability to change their life because so many people are struggling with their own challenges. So we do that. But beyond that, we get into a lot of the stuff that that went on in my former life that people are unaware of. They hear the truth. And believe me, I tell it exactly like it is. There's no reason for me to say it any other way. And, you know, they got questions, obviously, about, you know, Gotti and all these people that I, you know, rubbed shoulders with and knew and had business relationship with. So we get into everything. It's a good show. I've been doing this for 20 years and people are enjoying it. That's I just great. finished a, a 16th city tour in the United Kingdom that uh, just went off so well. It, it was just uh, it was very rewarding to see how people react. That's terrific. Uh, if people want to buy tickets, they can go to resortsac.com. That's resortsac.com. If you want to hear my entire interview with Michael Franzese, where we get into his criminal history, his time in prison, and uh, how he was able to turn his life around, you can either go to wabcradio.com, click on podcast, or just search Racket Report on any uh, podcast app. Uh, I'm going to be there on November 19th. Michael, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it very much. 
Frank, that's for having me, and I uh, I look forward to seeing you at the uh, resort. It's going to be a good night. Count on it. Now, I know you're retired from the mob. Does that mean you're uh, you're out of the uh, shooting craps game these days as well? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I walk through the casinos like they don't even exist anymore, and at one time it was half of my life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, you know, a couple of guys grabbed me the last time I was there, and uh, and they said you're my lucky charm. And they uh, they rolled for a few minutes, and I, I was their lucky charm that night. And I said, let me get out of here before it turns bad. So, <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it very much. Uh, yeah, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, you know what we're gonna do? If you want to go to this show on November nineteenth, uh, we're gonna give away a pair of tickets right now. If you're the seventh caller to eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Uh, you can give us your name and uh, your, you know, contact information, your email address. And then if you're the seventh caller, as determined by Kenneth, th- you'll be able to pick up a pair of tickets right there at, we'll call, at resorts. We'll tell you if you've won or Kenneth will tell you if you've won. And then you'll be able to pick up your tickets right there in um, in Atlantic City on November 19th. Also, if you retweet the last tweet that I just put out asking people to listen to this show, we're going to randomly select – Three hours from now, one person who has retweeted that tweet. So you can find me on Twitter at Frank Morano. Two ways to get tickets. Be the seventh caller now to 800-848-9222 or just retweet me at Frank Morano. That's Frank, M-O-R-A-N-O. This is The Other Side of Midnight. We'll continue straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.